So we, we begin a new series called Transformational. And we, at that time of our church here, where we're moving towards the covenant service. And for those of you who have joined us um, during the year of 2007 as a church, we've decided that um, by the way that we do church together is when we commit in the beginning of the year that we're going to journey the journey of faith together. And we usually save the last Sunday of January for that. So um, please mark that in your calendars that that's where the the, the covenant service is. Um, but the reason why I'm doing um, this series, Transformation, is because I think there is something that we can learn as a church, as we look into the new year ahead of us, as we look as, as leading to the covenant service, as we look at uh, what God has got in place for us, in store for us for the coming year. And really, it boils down to nothing else other than what God expects of his people. If we do believe that the gospel is transformational, is transforming us, then we should extend that belief to say that it's that transformation of the gospel is, is, it reaches out. It's, it's more than just ourselves. It's, it's bigger. It's wider. So, if you were to ask me this morning, what do I mean by using the word transformational? One definition that I would like to introduce this morning is, what I mean by that is that we engage with the Holy Spirit in such a way that it allows us to throw ourselves in the culture. To throw ourselves in the culture and grow in our love for God. And grow in our way that we pursue Jesus. But also grow in numbers as community. Because it cannot be, it cannot be otherwise. We're going to be looking at the passage, and if we don't cover all the stuff that I've prepared for today, don't worry, we're going to finish, because I'm totally aware that we are called. But I just wanted to draw our attention to some truths about this fantastic chapter 4 of Acts. We've got, as Iron reminded us in the beginning of the service, we've got this big promise that the angel gave to the disciples, Jesus gave to the disciples. You will receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive my, my power, and you will be my witnesses. And the book of Acts is the story of God dealing with, 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 with the culture of those days, not only in Jerusalem, but it kind of started to have this ripple effect across. And at this stage in the book of Acts, we've got this confrontation that Peter has got with the, the religious authorities. So we see in chapter 4 that it was the Sadducees. They were the ones that rule the religious authority of the temple. Those are the guys that actually 
was a religious group that kind of had a say on everything. If you look a little bit more into the Sadducees, you see that actually they were lost. They had put all their effort and all their energy into an empty religion. They were not any worse than the Pharisees, but the only difference was that the, between the Pharisees and the Sadducees was their doctrine on the resurrection. So, if somebody would be uh, resurrected or not. But these were the, 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 this were the fronts people of the religion of those days. And yet, the apostles, the followers of Jesus, have been given a mandate to go and make disciples. They were ordinary men, as we will see or notice in the, later on in the passage. And they've taken this message, this mandate, very seriously. So here we've got Peter... And John being in the temple. And this is the beggar who says, can you give me some money please? This guy has been going to the temple on a daily basis to get to earn a living. Because the beggars were the outcasts. And John says, I haven't got what you want me to give you. Because he was being honest. But I've got something better. And what I've got, I'll give it to you. I've got something better. I've got Jesus. And what I've got, I'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Every time I read this story, I get goosebumps. Phenomenal. Now, who's saying this? It's Peter. It's Peter who just a while ago, when he was asked whether he knew Jesus or not, he wasn't sure how to answer. To the point of denial. Where is this guy getting the courage from? Well, obviously, it's the fulfillment of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when he says that you will receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. Now, Peter is a transformed man. How do we know this? Well, we know that his courage now to do this miracle, and as we'll see later on as well, the courage where he's got is not any more founded on human capability. We know we've seen that in Peter. Do you remember when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus and he brings out the knife and cuts off an ear? And Jesus brings, catches the ear and puts it back on the soldier's head. This is courage based on human capability. This was what Peter was able to do humanly. He could jump and he could be courageous because he didn't want anybody to touch his Lord. Whereas now, this courage is grounded in something greater. 
Holy Spirit. What I've got, I'll give to you. And we can see that this, this courage is extended because in the way that Peter deals with the leaders, with the uh, Sadducees, with the Sanhedrin, these guys were totally disturbed that something was happening in the courts of their temple that was troubling their waters. Verse 2 uh, suggests that they were disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people about and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they arrested Peter and John and put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about 5,000. This is transformational. This is engaging with what the Spirit is doing. This is engaging with the culture in dependence. So independence, fully dependent with the Spirit. And saying, God, what have you got for me to do here? This is transformational. Knowing that actually God's grace is such a big thing for a fisherman. To the point of saying, with nowhere else to go, you are the one who holds the words of eternal life. To the point of having these things materialize when a beggar, which has been crippled all his life, gets up and walks home. To the point that it tumbles down the theology of the religious leaders of that time. This is transformational. Because transformation is not something that in our Western life we would like to have it scheduled. We want it to happen in our own time. No. Transformational is more than that. It's more than what? Transformational is being recognized. It's being noticeable. It's being distinguished. I haven't got anything, but what I've got, I'll give to you. And I'll get in trouble for that. And I am in trouble for that. And because I'm in trouble for that, I still am going to long for to see the transformation of God come into the places that God puts me. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. We haven't done it. It's Jesus. And to your embarrassment, this is the, 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 the capstone that you as builders throw the way. My most favorite verse in the whole scriptures is verse 12 of chapter 4. 
salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Why does Peter talk to the Sadducees about salvation? Because actually they need it as much as this crippled man. But they're wasting their time dealing with whether we should do this theologically or this theologically. And Peter says, I couldn't care less about your agendas. I'm going to move on with God's agenda. And God's agenda is to bring that salvation. It's to bring that rescue. It's to bring that healing. And I'm not going to hold back for that. The way Luke describes or points out how they were described is in verse 13. These guys, as I said, the courage is quite noticeable. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. If you look at the Greek word for unschooled and ordinary men is agramatoi and idiotas. <laughs> they were astonished and they took note that this man has been, had been with Jesus. This is amazing. In one side, they had already their labels for those guys. Stupid idiots. But they had noticed that they had been with Jesus. This is transformational. When you and I walk our path of responding to our call of discipleship to Jesus Christ. And people notice that we have been with Jesus. I want that for myself. And I want that for you as Kendra this year. And I'm going to stop here. So Father God, Here we come as your people. We can have it all sussed and planned in our heads, in our minds, but nothing we want to do, Lord, that will stop what you've got in plan for us as a community of faith. Lord, we want to be transformational because we want to experience your transformation in our life. We want, Lord, to have this transformation noticeable to the point that people know that we have been with Jesus. Grant us, Lord, the mercy and the grace to do that and help us Lord through 
your spirit to engage with it in such a way that the people, the culture, the families, this community will notice that we have been with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.